And so I'd just drop a ball and just hit wherever. And I wasn't good, but it was just like fun, like playing with my mom, being like, oh, I'm playing golf. Westmore's J.M. Mathis has gone from playing golf for fun to competing in an elite national tournament on one of the game's biggest stages, Pebble Beach. Jaya sat down to talk with us about that exciting journey. You know, either playing or coaching, for some reason, you know, I, you can call it a calling, and it doesn't matter where I'm at or what capacity I'm in. If there's a basketball or there's a pickup game or I can coach or I can play, I'm going to give it my best. And after five years, that calling to coach basketball has brought Coach Brittany Kennedy back to courtside at Moore High School. Thanks for joining us for Beyond the Game, sponsored by First United Bank. Beyond the Game is a hyper-local podcast with a focus on all things Moore and South Oklahoma City. Before we dive into this week's episode, a genuine thank you to the sponsors who make this podcast possible. First United Bank, helping you spend life wisely by taking small steps toward a life of love and impact. First United Bank, here to inspire and empower you along the way. The Evans Agency State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960. The Evans Agency has been helping you protect what matters most, realize your dreams, and recover from the unexpected. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. at both their Norman and Midwest City locations. Visit orthocentralok.com for details. And Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. Westmore Jr. J.M. Mathis is one of the top golfers in the state of Oklahoma and recently competed in the Pure Insurance Championship played at the Pebble Beach and Spyglass golf courses in California. Jaya talked to Beyond the Game about that tournament and where her love for golf comes from. So we're here at Westmore High School with Jaya Mathis, a junior golfer. Jaya, how you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm hanging in there, thanks for asking. All right, so, and you just told me that you had a, um, a test. A, a pre-calc test, A yes. pre-calc test, and you're like a pre-calc genius, right? Oh, no. Do you ever use pre-calc in your golf game? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, so, but you're learning pre-calc, and that's yes. an important thing. Yeah. All right, but you are a golfer, and um, as word has it, you're a pretty good golfer. How long have you been playing golf? Uh, six to seven years, yeah. Okay, and how did you get started? Uh, my mom. She played in high school, like, for fun, and then she started playing in college a little bit more. Uh, she played, like, with her boyfriends every now and then, um, and then when I was nine i think i played at my first tournament for us kids and it was just more for fun and then i realized that i was actually kind of good so then we started playing more golf and then i started practicing more and then start realizing that i really liked it so i just continued playing it all right so let's go back to that first time that you I, you went out with your mom maybe swung yeah. the clubs what do you remember about that that was like forever ago i think i was probably like six maybe when I actually like, went and just played with her at a course because we used to go to um just like a little course that was like every other weekend or whatever and we just play around because like my mom's actually like, pretty good and so I'd just drop a ball and just hit wherever and I wasn't good but it was just like fun like playing with my mom be like oh I'm playing golf at what point did you realize okay not only am I good at this but I really like this game yeah like um I think after a few tournaments, like fourth maybe, fourth grade, yeah, 
that's when I started playing in the tournaments just for fun and then I would play more and I was like, oh, I like winning. So after I discovered that I could beat like other people and like it pushed me to go harder, like knowing that, oh, this girl's really good and I want to get up to her level. And so after that, I just, I was like, hey, like I really like this. And so I just did more and more tournaments. And then freshman year, uh, I decided to stop playing my other sports and just focus on golf because I also played basketball and volleyball and I did track a little bit and so at the end of volleyball season freshman year I decided to just play golf and now I've just been focusing on that. What does it take to be as competitive as you are? Um, it takes a very strong mental game. Uh, if you don't have a mental game that's like super strong then just everything's going to get to you like every shot you're just, just going to take you down and you're just gonna get in like in a little hole and you're not gonna be able to dig yourself out of it. So you kind of just have to like block out the bad shots and just focus on your good shots and it'll just keep you going and then you'll just keep doing better and then you'll shoot lower, so yeah. Are you really competitive? I uh, mean, yes, I am. you hate to lose. Yeah. All right, so when's the last time you lost a match? Well, uh, when I went to the Pure Insurance Tournament in um, California, I placed, I'm trying to think, 46th out of 81. And so, and that did not sit well with you. Well, no, but like, even though like we didn't do very well, me and my pro, we were six under, and the girl that won was twenty three under. So even though we didn't do too well, it was like the experience that was like the whole the whole thing. I loved it. Like even just like going and playing Pebble Beach and Spyglass, it was just amazing. Like in the view, just like being like, oh my god, I'm playing at this course that like all these pros have played at, and I'm playing with a pro. So, like, I couldn't be too mad about my placing, even though I was at Pebble Beach. So, yeah. Yeah, and I want to talk more about Pebble Beach and Spyglass because the opportunity to play there as a high school student, you just ticked off every adult golfer I've ever met, yeah. including myself and my dad. Yeah. Because we're going, I don't know that I'll ever get to play yeah. those courses. How did you get invited to this? Um, so, I've been with the first tee for about six years. That's how I started in golf pretty much like other than my mom she put me in these classes and it was just like every weekend i would just go with other golfers and just like play little games or whatever they would have set up for us and so when i get into the ace class which is the highest class for like 14 and up i find out that there's opportunities for you to go to like california and play pole beach or you can go to south carolina and play at the first tee national tournament and it's pretty much just like all the best golfers around the country from their first tees and um, so for Pebble Beach, I filled out an application. Well, first I got accepted to fill out an application. And then after I filled it out, uh, I think I waited about like five months, six months before I heard back about my spot. And they had put it on the TV, like running on the little bottom thing. And so when I found out I got, I, I was gonna go, I was super excited because only 81 kids get to go and so many kids like apply for it and so just being able to go like as a junior because most of the kids that go are like seniors and they've been working for it for like three years and they've already applied like more than once and so it was my first time applying and me getting accepted was pretty cool so it's like christmas comes way early for you this year <laughs> yeah yeah tell me about stepping out into the course and just what was it like you talked about the views and everything yes. but that had to be something else yeah. walking out to that tee box yeah well the first tee shot was so nerve-wracking because like everyone's watching you're like oh my god I'm at Pebble Beach like I'm actually playing this and so 
my drive was actually pretty good, but my second shot, I was too nervous and I actually shanked it into houses. But um, it's okay, because my pro got a far. Um, but just the air was so fresh and just the course was like so pretty, just like all the grass, the greens were so fast. And then there's one hole where you just hit over the ocean and you're just like, I'm literally hitting over the ocean right now. Like that's insane. And so, yeah, just like, stepping up on the green of hole six you just like look at everything like every hole all the water and the clubhouse all of it, it was just really pretty what does this do for you moving into your season in 2022 i mean i know you're playing a lot of golf now yeah. but the season will be in the spring um what does it do to help elevate your game heading into next season i think it just makes me strive for more because you know like there's a lot of other opportunities I can go to next year, and so I think I just I just want to go to as many as I can, especially being like my senior year. And then, well, for school season, I would like to shoot in the 60s. So I like the off season for the next like five months is gonna be pretty hard. I'm gonna start working out, you know, work on my food, um, just working on my swing, like the basics and everything, just the fundamentals. Go back, um, make sure my puttings great and then work on chipping a lot more because up and downs but yeah I just I just like to shoot in the 60s pretty much so what's the strength of your game and the weakest point of your game um the strength is probably my putting I just I don't know why but I honestly like I love short game so much right now I don't know if it's because like my swing isn't really where I want it to be so I'm just like oh, I'm gonna go work on short game more but because short game is the most important part like of the physical part of the golf game I think it's that's why I focus on it the most because if you have a bad shot like you can make it up with a good putt and then my weakest part I would say probably my hitting like even though my irons are they're they're really good but I still like them to get them a little better just because you know I always want to get better <laughs> And that little jingle means it's time for our Evans Agency State Farm Get to Know Your Neighbor segment, where we ask just a few questions that dig just a little deeper into who J.M. Mathis is. Favorite golf movie of all time? I guess Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Uh-oh, Happy Learn to Putt. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. That's a really good one. What's in your playlist, and what do you listen to to get your mind right for, for a tournament? It's a little inappropriate, I guess. Oh, what? <laughs> inappropriate. Inappropriate? Yeah. So you like to listen to a little risque music, and that's what gets you going. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. How about your long-range plans? I'm going to guess that you're going to want to take golf as far as it'll take you. Uh, yes. Um, I would like to get a scholarship to go to college. Um, my dream college would be OU but I'm also looking at UCO. I'd like to go there. And then I haven't really looked at any out of state, but I mean, if I get offered, you know, it's just, that'd be really cool. But yeah, I'll just see how college golf goes. And obviously I've always thought about like LPGA, but getting to that level is just like, the dedication is just insane. So if I end up being there, then that's where I'm supposed to be. But if I only play in college and then I, that's when I stop playing, then it's okay. I'll, I'll be fine with that. 
to turn pro and play on the LPGA, I mean, you're right. It, it takes that. Yeah. There are a ton of people that are really good. Yeah. But that extra gear that gets you there, do you feel like you've got that within you somewhere? Um, I feel like I do. But, you know, I also, like, want to hang out with friends and honest, just, like, having to give up so much to do that. Like, I don't know if I could do that just because I like spending time with my family and my friends and then the money that would go into that. It's just so much. I don't know if I could, like, put that on my mom. You have friends? Yeah. <laughs> that don't play golf? Uh, no, actually. Only, my best, well, one of my best friends, she plays golf. She's on the team, too. Mm -hmm. um, we've been playing with each other since, like, seventh grade, I think. Um, but we always push each other to go as hard as we can, and we always compete for the first bag. Um, but, yeah, I do have friends that play other sports. Uh, I have two friends that play volleyball. Most of my friends play sports, but some of them don't. So I have a pretty diverse. Have you had any boys kind of smart off to oh you God. about it, and then you take them out to the course and spank them? Yeah. Well, I actually haven't taken them to the course, but they just like to talk like crap in class, and I'm just like, okay. I'm like, well, we'll see about it. And then some of them actually go to the driving range, and they send me videos of their swing, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not even going to take you out to the course. But you are fully prepared to embarrass some boy if yeah, he just yeah. continues to rag him. Yeah, yeah, no problem. As well you should. As yeah. well you should. Yeah. First tee has been very important to your development as a golfer, yes. as it is for a lot of youth golfers. Yeah. Uh, for folks that don't know what first tee is, tell them what it is and how you got involved. There's a lot of different facilities around the state and the country, but the main facility is over in Midwest City. And so they also have classes at other little golf courses. And so you go to a class and they first off teach you just like um, the basics about golf, but then they also teach you how to be a leader and then all the rules about golf that you need to know and just how to be a good, well-rounded person and everything you need to like be honest and to be um, respectful and to be like confident and just like everything you need to be just a good person. I think it's really good because if a little kid like doesn't have clubs, then most of the time the facility will help give them clubs. But then I, it also like gives the kids a way to like meet other people from other places, and you get to meet friends from like not your school. And um, yeah, and then even if you don't really like golf, like you can end up liking it just because of how much fun you have at the classes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where I met my best friend actually is there at the classes and then we ended up going to the same school All right. Well, Jay, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about your game um, Your mental state yeah. and the trip to Pebble Beach and Spyglass best of luck Thank you preparing for the 2022 season. I'm sure we'll be talking again. Yes. Thank you And once again, we'd like to thank the Beyond the Game sponsors, beginning with First United Bank, helping you spend life wisely. The Evans Agency, State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations, and Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. Southmore basketball fans will undoubtedly remember former Lady Sabercat head coach Brittany Kennedy, who led the team to a high level of success, including a trip to the state tournament. Kennedy stepped away from the game for a few years to raise her newborn son, but is now returning to the game she loves as an assistant to coach Brent Hodges at Moore High School. 
It was great to catch up with Kennedy and talk about why now is the right time for her to get back in the game. Coach, thanks so much for joining us today. Sounds like you're on the road. I'm going to take a wild guess and guess you're going to go get some coffee or something. Yes, after a long night of storms, I'm kind of tired, so I needed some caffeine. (laughs) And rightly so. Caffeine is the great equalizer in life. So for folks that that, um, are, are relatively new to you, Tell us a little bit about your life and how you got to this point. Where did you play high school, college basketball? Where have you coached? Sure. Well, I graduated from a small town uh, near McAllister, Oklahoma, called Savannah. Uh, Very proud of that. I won a state championship, only state championship there. Uh, So, you know, I grew up playing basketball in southeastern Oklahoma, always big for me. After that, I finished my college career at Oklahoma Wesleyan University in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Uh, The year after I graduated, I took the assistant position um, under my head coach, and she then retired. So I took the head position over for her for five years. So I was in Bartlesville for a while and always played and coached in Oklahoma. Moved over to the city, finished my master's up, and a sophomore job came open. I applied and got that with the head coach there for five years. And, shoot, I'd have to think about it for three. My son's four. Um, I kind of stepped back from coaching when I had him. And uh, now here I am at Moore High School and excited. You know, it's interesting to me that um, a, a lot of coaches kind of try and work their way up from high school to college, you kind of took the reverse path. (laughs) Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, people have asked me that before, you know, how'd that happen? And it actually happened, you know, uh, my college coach, she's still one of my great friends, mentors, you know, and she asked me to be her assistant. And I obviously accepted, you know, usually, you know, I expected to go right into high school basketball, so I was excited. And he actually had some medical issues, and so I actually had to become the interim head coach. Oh, for, you know, around five to seven games, and it worked out well. You know, she did come back, but she ended up retiring, and, you know, heck, I guess I did a good enough job that they decided to to give me the head coaching position. So it was kind of tossed into my lap at a very young age, and I kind of just took it and ran with it. And and now, as you look back at that, you know, you had, like you said, a a seven – or eight or nine game audition and you performed well enough as somebody right out of college that uh, the folks <laughs> at Wesleyan said, yeah, we'll trust you with our college program. What would you say are the biggest lessons you learned? Because that had to be a bit of a shock. Oh, yeah, it was a shock. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, in a weird way, you know, I have been – I've coached uh, – since I was playing high school, I coached elementary and junior high kids. I always knew I wanted to be a coach, so I kind of felt ready. You know, I was anxious, nervous, um, but I think those five to seven games and still having her name is Coach Hay, so all, all, my coach, you know, is, is, like I said, one of my great friends and great mentors, and she still lives in Bartlesville. I kind of felt ready, um, ready for the job, and I guess I interviewed well, and I was pretty close with her athletic director, too, so I think they just believed in me, and maybe I, you know, they knew I believed in myself, and so I was I was really ready, I think, in a strange way to say. And and so then, let's, let's talk about Southmore, 
because uh, mm-hmm. you you had great success at Southmore. You had some really tremendous players, some yes. really great teams. Um, just talk about the transition and coming on board at Southmore. Well, you know, I mean, I got married and moved over here. I took a year off from coaching then as well to finish my master's degree. Um, you know, I thought, felt like that was important, especially for a female coach to have that master's degree in my back pocket. And if I didn't finish it, um, I didn't know that if I ever would, you know, if I finished that, the sophomore job came open, um, and I got it, and yeah, you know, I, I've, at Southmore, I've always had great support, I've always had great assistant coaches, and again, some of those players were outstanding, and they're still some of the first people that were texting me or calling me or saying, you know, congratulations, we're so glad, glad to see you back, and that just makes me feel good um, to have what I had at Southmore that's always near and dear to my heart, those, you know, five years coaching there. Um, you know, I always kind of thought I would coach high school basketball, and I'm very thankful that that was at Southmore. And you decided to take a break. So um, tell folks where that decision came from and what you've been doing <laughs> after you stepped away from coaching for a while. Well, uh, the last year I was coaching at Southmore, I didn't tell anybody, but I was pregnant with my son, who is now four. He turned four in September. Um, You know, to step away wasn't really a hard decision for me. Um, I stepped away in March and started telling people and telling the girls, and they were kind of like, you know, oh, that's funny. That explains a lot. You were kind of more moody this year or whatever, you know. But it really wasn't a tough decision for me to step away for those couple of years because, you know, people that know me, I'm sure you know me quite well, that I'm a passionate person. I'm kind of an all-in or not-at-all type of person. And especially for things that are important to me, like basketball has always been. And, you know, becoming a mom is, is, you know, even higher on the priority list. So that decision to step away wasn't that hard for me because I wouldn't trade the time I spent being mom and in the time with him and at the same time I couldn't I didn't feel like I could do my job to the standard I set for myself and I would feel like I would be letting my team or my girls you know I always call my players my kids you know and I wasn't willing to do that for a couple of years I wasn't willing to be half in either way so the decision to step away for a couple of years was was pretty easy for me and I know that sounds weird, maybe. Well, not really. Not knowing you and knowing your passion and <laughs> having having watched your son grow up a little bit on social media when you post the fun sure. pictures and videos and stuff, it's <laughs> really been delightful watching him grow up and realize, yeah, that's that's Brittany Kennedy's son. That's definitely her <laughs> yes. son. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. <laughs> You bet. But, you know, you talk about the passion, and it's ironic because I was just looking through um, my photo archive from your coaching time at Southmore and coming across a few (laughs) pictures of you that kind of capture that passion. That's something that I I think is important for folks to know that you're bringing to the table when you come in. What else would you want folks who are, are going to be learning about you as an assistant coach this year what else would you want them to know about who you are as a coach? Uh, you know, that I'm excited. I, I feel very purpose-filled right now in my life. You know, I, I get to have the best of both worlds. My priority list is, is pretty set, and it has been from a young age. You know, faith, family, and that is me being a mom now. And then it's been basketball, you know, either playing or coaching. For some reason, you know, I, you can call it a calling or what I was meant to do or it's in my blood, whatever, you know, that's there. 
and it doesn't matter where I'm at or what capacity I'm in. If there's a basketball or there's a pickup game or I can coach or I can play, I'm going to give it my best. And, you know, I'm passionate about it. I'm going to bring that fire. I love to win just as much as probably anybody. I think you probably know that. So I'm going to get excited. I'm going to be passionate. But I'm going to give it my all. You know, I can give it my all. Um, I think there's a lot I can bring to the table basketball knowledge-wise. But, you know, I can bring that excitement every day in practice into the game. And I'm going to give my heart. You know, I feel like right now with him being my son, I mean, being a little more independent, um, you know, I can mix this together and not be torn between the two. I can I can give my what this team needs in order to help make them the best team they can be, which is my goal with coaching, for my kids mm-hmm. to be the best that they can be. So, so um, my my final question then is, uh, you're you're moving to one of your rival schools with Coach Brent sure, Hodges, yeah. who who is also passionate, but he's. He's passionate in a different way with you. How did how did Coach Hodges convince you to – I mean, was it an easy answer? Did he just ask at the right time, or did he have to convince you to, to come back and coach? You know, Coach Hodges, he's a great guy, great family man. He understands where I am. You know, we've had a lot of great basketball talks over the past couple of years. Like I said, I go play pickup games. So he's a great friend, and I have to, number one, say thank you to him for this opportunity. I'm very excited. Uh, no, you know, we kind of joked about it before COVID a couple times. we like, you know, when are you wanting to come back? When are you going to come back? So, you know, Coach Talk, we talked about it previously. And I, after that, I would just say the timing was perfect. You know, he had a coaching vacancy and called me up and said, what do you think? I think my first words out of my mouth was, you know, Coach, I don't know. <laughs> And we laughed and said, well, let's think about it and come back and talk about it. And I got to thinking, you know, I I know I wasn't torn anymore about can I be the best mom I can be and can I bring the me, the best coaching part of me to be Coach Hodges' assistant and that for my team. Um, do I think I would want a head coaching capacity job right now? No, because I know the, the what he fulfills. So I hope – I think I can help him through that because I have been in his shoes. And, you know, so I no, it was after that initial, well, I don't know, coach, and laugh about it, I think at that point I thought about it, and then I was all in. So the next time he asked me, I was like, do you want to accept the job? I'm like, yes, thank you, let's do it, and let's get to work. Well, i got to tell you, Brittany, it's, it, it was really fun to see that announcement on social media. And I am certainly looking forward to seeing you back in the saddle and on the sideline. Um, again, uh, your, your passion for, for the game and your passion for working with kids is something that I think is going to be a great addition to the Moore community in general and to athletics and basketball in, in particular. So welcome back. Thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you because I know our community a lot, so that really does mean a lot. Well, and again, thanks so much for taking the time and enjoy your caffeine and good luck staying awake through the rest of the day. I know, right? You have a great day as well. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Beyond the Game, presented by First United Bank, helping you spend life wisely. We'd also like to thank the Evans Agency State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960, Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations, 
and beneficial automotive maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. You can keep listening to Beyond the Game wherever you get your podcast, and we'd also ask that you hit that like button and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about the podcast to other listeners. We'll be dropping new podcasts each week, so keep an eye on the more monthly Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts for announcements about that new episode. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game.